Welcome to another exciting episode of Adulting Poorly. As always, I am your host, Mike Phipps, your only host and the only person that probably listens to this repeatedly because I need an ego boost all the damn time. Uh, I know it's been a little bit since I've done one of these. Not a big deal when you only have 10 people that are actively following you, so here's to you 10 people. Thank you so much for actively following me. Um... It's been kind of a crazy few weeks because of the holidays, everything else, and we'll get into some of the other else later. Um, And also, we had to take a little trip, a little short trip, down to Portland. Uh, I love Portland, but the older I get, there's some things about Portland that really, really kind of bother me. Um, and it's not so much just the hipsters, but you can play a fun game when you go down there called Hipster or Homeless. You're probably going to be right about 50% of the time. Still a very fun game. But what you have to do is you have to follow the person until they either get to their destination or they just sit down on the street and start smoking a cigarette. Then you know if you're right or wrong. Uh, the other game is Lesbian or Just Trying It On. We went to the uh, Oregon Museum of Science and Industry and... I, per capita, more lesbians than I've ever seen. Not a bad thing, but you could also see there were some very confused young ladies like, I don't know if this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, but I'm cool with it right now. And there's a natural progression as far as how they look. So it goes from wearing less makeup, nose ring, nose ring to shorter hair, shorter hair, now it's a bull ring and full sleeves and finally the maturation of the woman that was sitting next to us who was super cool um, but could I, could have been my twin. Had I shaved my beard off, we would look exactly the same. So uh, yes, that's the maturation, at least in Oregon. Um, love Oregon for other reasons though. I should say Portland specifically. So the food... And drink down there is fucking amazing. Now, granted, we only got to do a little bit of that because we had Olivia with us, the seven-year-old. But she got to learn a lot as far as food cultures and different things. And Oregon has, or at least Portland has, a great variety um, to choose from. But we kept it pretty narrow for her this time. And we can expand on her kind of flavor profile later. Only because you have no idea when a seven-year-old is just going to zig and fucking hate everything that they loved yesterday. And that drives me absolutely batshit loony. Much like it probably does every other parent. But strap on. It only gets better because when they get to the teenage years... <laughs> fuck. Sorry. Anyway. We started by hitting up Blue Star Donuts. Like, we pulled into Portland and immediately headed for Blue Star... And then went from Blue Star to our hotel. Uh, That's the kind of trip we took. I walked in there, and not only does it smell just amazing, but it doesn't smell like donuts. It smells like spices. And just spices from all over the world. And it just dances across your nose, and you can't wait to taste what you're smelling. Like, that is setting yourself up. Like, I started to immediately salivate. I was like, oh my god. God, these fucking donuts. And then the way they have them displayed is super, super basic, but very, very enticing because they have their donut. You know, they have two of every donut. One is laid flat. The other one is kind of propped up against it like two tires. Like, here, you sit like this. And they're 
they're even looking through a glass and they're delicious. They, they, when you start eating with your eyes, you can see in each of the different flavors, um, that are, are visible on the donut. Uh, there was one that was like a, a raspberry and sage and something else, but you could literally see pieces of raspberry and then also the spices that they used. I had no idea how much the cakes are spiced as well, meaning that if you get a cake donut, they're, they're probably good on their own. El Solo Lobo, they probably knock it out of the park, but the fact that they add to it is just layers of flavor. Let me explain. I had two donuts because I was stopping myself from having 30. Uh, I had their Mexican chocolate, which has a cake donut. Um, that's just a standard chocolate cake donut, but it's like just like a hint of caramel in the donut itself. And alone, you're like, wow, that'd be a really good donut. Interesting flavor. But then you take this cinnamon with a little bit of, I want to say cayenne, just a touch of it, and dark chocolate that they dip it in. And holy shit, that that cardamom then kind of marries to the other spices that are in the donut and with that chocolate. And it's just, it hits on all of your flavor. Oh, I almost said flavor town. You could beat me in the face for that one. Just every flavor profile. Uh, the only thing was missing like was something more savory, but there's a little bit of nut on the top that kind of covers that as well. Um, I I bit into this thing expecting, you know, to have that standard kind of almost royal frosting-esque chocolate on top. No, this was like a legit ganache and it got in your fingers like if you've ever changed a baby diaper and you, there's shit everywhere. I know this is a horrible way to describe a donut, but it was just like, it, it was thick and coated my hands and I couldn't get enough of it. The chocolate, not baby shit. That's, again, poor, horrible comparison. Um, and just magical. I couldn't stop eating this donut once I started. And there was almost a science to it. Like, you had to take the paper that came with it and slowly keep folding the paper in more and more because there were some of the chocolate baby shit left over that you were just trying to keep away from your fingers because there weren't enough napkins to clean your hands with. After that... I had their Meyer Lemon Powdered Donut. Now, again, the donut, super good. It is just this light, fluffy cake donut that they that they add this Meyer Lemon magic to. To put it into terms, it's like if, if a, the best lemon bar you've ever had made sweet, sweet love to this donut and then just exploded inside of it. And what you're eating is that explosion. And again, I'm using the worst terms possible to describe food, but I don't fucking care. It was this magical liquid. And granted, it's not like a pudding that you would put into most Bismarck's. It was a little bit thinner than that, but it was like, it was the perfect texture and the way that the donut actually captured it and kept it inside without making the rest of the donut, um, like, uh, I don't want to say moist, but almost like soggy because of the liquid itself. I'm, I'm shocked at how they do that. But the donut stands up perfectly to what you're eating. Um, delicious. I don't know what the other two had, but mine were fucking amazing. 
So much so that on the way out, we stopped again to get more donuts. I won't go into detail to those because the description I would come up with those is grosser than the first two that I came up with. So let's move on. We checked into a hotel called the uh, the Dunway. Uh, and I would suggest anybody going down there for just a weekend stays there. Not only is it kind of a cool little place to go. If you're a Hilton Honors member, you can use your Hilton Honors there. Um, very dimly lit when you walk in. Uh, has a very mid-century modern feel to it. Darker furniture. Um, kind of gold trim. And just a very cool feel. Uh, some of the things that hit for me were uh, you had a very attentive staff, people that are interested in customer service and making sure you have a great stay. Um, their uh, service was quick. We were able to get in. They literally got us our room four hours early, checked us in, said not a worry. They just changed the room that we were going to. They noticed that our room was too close to the ice machine in the elevator, saw that we had a seven-year-old, moved us without even being asked, like, hey, just so you know, this is a little close. We're moving you to a different room than the one we were originally going to move you to. Seamless. Go upstairs. It's this great little, just two beds, but open window to view all of downtown Portland. Um, And again, the rooms very much kind of mimic what you saw downstairs. Kind of this mid-surgery modern, easy feel. There's this a perfectly placed small couch. There's never enough seating in smaller hotel rooms anymore, but the way that they've done it is they have a large TV that's in the wall. It's like a 65-inch TV, but it's physically like inset in the wall to give you more space. And then they have this wonderful small couch. It looks like it's for a dog, but it's perfect just to like get ready or sit on for a little bit while you're moving from activity A to activity B or if you're getting ready to go to the pool. Um, all of it. Great. You can order 24-hour room service, and all of that comes from the Jackrabbit, which is a Chris Costantino. And if people don't know who that is, look that name up. He's a restaurateur out of San Francisco, and he knows meat. And we'll get into that here in a little bit, too, because that restaurant is fucking delicious. Um, The only thing, and this is a problem with every Hilton hotel, is their beds are shit, and their pillows are shittier. You put your head on it. And that thing is literally has, there's no, it's hundred percent give. It doesn't, it, it's like the French. It tried to push for a little bit and then immediately gave up. Like just fucking done. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Your head is going to be all the way down there. Can't sleep on them. Constantly tossing and turning, fluffing them up, rolling them into a ball, you know, trying to get comfortable. So for the first night, it's really bad. And on me for not asking if they had foam pillows, which I did the following night. And it's the opposite. Those are... You put two of those behind your head and you're sitting up for the rest of the night. Or it's forcing your head into your chest and you snore like a banshee like I did all night. But that's literally the only things I have to complain about. And usually I have a lot to complain about from a hotel. This was super nice. Uh, Our first night we actually went down to the Jackrabbit just to see if we could catch their happy hour. Uh, Their happy hour is amazing. Uh, Their drink menu, I, I don't think you could find a better drink menu as far as cost. To what you get as far as craft cocktails or wine is concerned. They have a great combination of Willamette Pinots and Columbia Valley wines. And it's paired very well. We wound up getting their chicken wings. And they warned us like, hey, they're kind of spicy. And they are. They were spicy. But it's it's spicy from spice, not spicy from hot. Like, it's not like they took five ghost peppers, crushed them up, shoved them in a chicken's ass, you know, and then made these chicken wings. It's actually a very thoughtful um, 
sauce they toss them in, which coats the chicken completely. It is both spicy, a little bit sweet, and just on point. Like they're and they don't serve with blue cheese or anything else because they, you know, they're a little bit spicy, but they're not that spicy. So they they kind of warn you up front, like, hey, if you think these are too spicy, let us know so we can get you something to cool you down. Never had that issue. I also pounded them in about five seconds. They were that good. Uh, we also ordered their deviled eggs with bacon, which means that they actually take the the yolk itself. They don't add bacon to it after you mash it up. They actually just put a little sliver on top. Those are pretty good. Uh, a nice little appetizer. I think you only get four, but for four bucks, who cares? Um, and then we also got, which I was kind of questioning when I first ordered it, but they make a grilled cheese there that is Taleggio with a little bit of honey. And I thought, okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. I've got to say it's one of the best grilled cheese sandwiches I've ever had. The bread to cheese ratio looked off. You have these two thick golden pieces of toast that they have on there. And they're about a quarter inch thick on each side. And I thought, okay, well, instantly you've already lost me. There's no way the cheese is going to overcome that. And it does so easily. And we were cutting it up because I was trying to be polite, but I wanted to just pick this thing up and slam it in my face. Not only do they use probably a stick of butter on both sides to make sure it's golden brown, um, but the Taleggio on the inside melts perfectly. Now, you only get like a kiss of honey, and that's what I was worried about, is you would get this great cheese that I would never have expected to do a grilled cheese with, and then you'd be overpowered with this sweet honey that goes on top of it. It's like they just did a light dusting on both sides. It's perfectly cooked. And then when you cut into it, it's it cracks as you're cutting into it. I almost wish I could have just bitten it, like just picked it up and not have tried to bend like I was eating in a nice restaurant, but just shove my face in there like I wanted to. But it cracked. And then as soon as I got to the cheese, it just slowly began to spill out like yeah there's a decent amount of cheese in there and then when you take that first bite for anyone who really likes a softer cheese that has a bit of a bite to it that's a Taleggio I I love Taleggio cheese this you get a little bit of the sweetness immediately but that's right on the tail end of having a butter that buttered toast so you get this wonderful crunch this richness from the butter and the toast And then just a little bit of sweetness to set you up for what's going to be an incredibly rich bite that goes over your entire mouth. Like, it's so good. I could have eaten nine of those, but I would have been in the hospital probably having to get um, uh, a bypass or something. Because there is definitely a shitload of fat in there. Um, That was probably the highlight for the night. That and all of that, like we had apps. We got Olivia. Um some rigatoni and the rigatoni was fucking delicious too. Uh, straight up sauce, just a red, red marinara, just, um, which just tasted like salt, a little bit of red wine, tomatoes, maybe some basil. That was it. Really bright. Uh, a little bit saltier, which Olivia and I like tossed in their hand, their handmade rigatoni. Great. She pounded it. She was done in seconds. Um, all of that, plus I think we had like five drinks. I know that sounds bad, but we were walking back to our room. Uh, 90 bucks. That's not bad. Usually the five drinks are 90 bucks. So, just again, the Jackrabbit in Portland. Take a look. Day two, we started off by going to the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry, which was 
pretty cool. Um, I thought it was one of those things you could just go to, like you do the Seattle Center, and you walk around, and everything's cool. No, you have to be very, very, very conscious about the fact that you're going there. You have to look at the times that they're showing shows. <clears throat> like we went to see the um, Dark Universe in their planetarium. And then after that, we went and saw the King Tut exhibit. Uh, and I'll say this, the they give you times for each. And you've got to be re- very mindful about how you plan it. So we, I figured we could just show up and walk into one of these things. And go, oh, let's sit down at the planetarium. When we're done, we'll go see King Tut. No, they have times for everything. And had we followed my stupid direction, which was just to show up, then we wouldn't have been able to see shit. Luckily, my wife was smart enough to say, hey, maybe we should get down there a little bit early so we can buy tickets. If we have to wait in line, we can do that. And I was like, okay, but I think you're being stupid. No, it was like a fucking 30-minute wait just to get tickets. And then there was another wait to get in to see each of these little events. So... Still very cool. Um, they actually have a pretty decent sandwich bar there too. A lot of people, I felt bad a little bit crop dusting people, but the fucking assholes that were standing behind me were yelling at each other the whole time. It's a family of I'm right, you're wrongers. Everyone had to correct the other person. They're standing in line. They're like, is this the line to buy tickets? Well, I think it's the line to buy tickets. Look, they wouldn't have put us here if we didn't have to buy tickets. And this guy, well, I think we need to go double check to buy tickets. And Well, I just checked and this is the line to buy tickets. And he's like, well, I'm going to go check anyway. And then he leaves to go check and see, marches off. And then his wife behind us is now yelling at all their adult children about how big of an asshole their father is while she's yelling it. And there's her grandkids are sitting there. Then this guy comes back. It proclaims, this is the line, this is where we need to be. And she's like, I told you this is where we needed to be. And then it was a back and forth for 30 fucking minutes. I held a great text conversation with my wife about these assholes the entire time and just blasted them with my asshole as many times as I could. Um, Same with Olivia. She wasn't doing it out of spite. She was doing it because she had gas. I was doing it out of spite. May have almost shit myself, but that's none of your business. Uh, But... I didn't say anything to them because I was with Olivia and Jen was helping me with the like outlet of anger that I had towards these people. Pretty cool place. Took off from there and decided we were going to go try to hit up Salt and Straw. If you know me, I've talked about Salt and Straw. There's some up in Seattle now, but it's always better going to the original location. I don't know why. Salt and Straw is, like, the best ice cream in this area. I would say the world, but I haven't had ice cream all over the world, so I'll say in the Pacific... Ooh, pardon me. Whew. Leftover donuts, sorry. It's probably the best in the Pacific Northwest. Um, We get some of their, like, different flavors they do up here. Strawberry and sage, their double chocolate. You know, they go through... And have summer flavors, winter flavors. My favorite is their Snickerdoodle. And they really only have it down south. Like, I actually have to travel to get this. And I will fucking travel to get it. Because it is my two favorite things smashed together. It is a just this delicious cinnamon over-the-top Snickerdoodle that is crushed and then added to this ice cream while they make it. Not after. It's part of the ice cream making process. They blend, like, the cream and the cookies together and then freeze that shit and then they put it in my face. And if you're smart like me, 
you get it in a waffle cone bowl. And yes, I said waffle cone bowl. You take that and you break it up like nachos and then you eat it and it's ice cream nachos and it's fucking amazing. And the people that were staring at me, I don't appreciate the staring. I don't appreciate what was in your mind that you were thinking towards me. And honestly, I just don't kind of give a fuck when I'm in that space. Yeah, I look like a giant fucking kid with a beard smashing ice cream into his fat face with his fingers and broken up waffle cone. And it was so good. But even waiting in line for there, I was getting so excited and hungry. I walked down the street, grabbed some croissants, almond croissants from this place that's right next door, whose name I can't remember, and brought them back because I wanted to not be like overly starving when I walked in there. So yeah, I had almond croissants before I had ice cream because I live better than you and I don't appreciate the judgment. Um, delicious on all accounts. And yes, the woman that said something behind me, fuck you. Um, I meant to be rude to you. You, you. you read that situation perfectly. We go from there. Where I, by the way, I didn't share any with anybody. I just fucking stuffed it in my face and then we were off. Head down the street, one block away, Pock Pock. Pock Pock is. Thai, it's Thai cuisine. And the gentleman who runs the place is a white dude who actually went and traveled in Asia and learned the proper way to cook using like mortar and pestle. Like he crushes up his own spices. He learned how to cook a legit way, but you would never know that by looking at him. You would definitely stereotype this like this opie motherfucker likes oatmeal and maybe wheat toast, but never together. He makes some of the best Thai food I have had ever. We were only grabbing a snack, so we only got their wings and their green papaya salad. <sighs> their wings are magical. They are salty, yes, but it just, it, the amount of flavor he gets per wing with the sesame coating on it, the works, is fucking incredible. Um, I would stab a hobo for these and eat them off of their dead corpse in a second. The papaya salad, their green papaya salad, is sweet. It's spicy. It has just peanuts, a touch of peanuts. So when you're taking a bite of it, you get this very naturally spicy kick immediately. Followed by kind of the sweet um, of the papaya itself. And then the peanut on the back end is just this beautiful bite. It is perfect. I, I say that a lot, but this is like the perfect bite. It's one of those things where you can, I can't have one. It is my Pringles chips. Like I can't stop eating it. We went through the salad in seconds once we cracked it open. I could not fucking stop eating it so good. Uh, and that was our snack for the day. After that, um, we were gassed. Like we, we didn't know what we were going to do after the fact. We wanted to go do something big. Uh, we were going to take the girl to, you know, another food place, but we had gone swimming and done so many other things. She was, she was already like under the sheets waiting to like, just black out like, Oh, can't do it. I'm done here. So we were like, you know what? We'll just, we'll order room service. We'll just order her some room service and then her and I will get something from Grubhub or something else like that. 
all of us started to fade around the same time. We wound up getting Giant's Pizza, which is like a New York pizza place. Pepperoni pizza, not bad. Um, and then she got fettuccine from Jackrabbits, which was fucking delicious, but she pounded it in seconds, like just threw it down. And then it was it. That's it. Like, that was the end of the trip. Like, boom, we're done. She was just like, uh, I'm out. Like, this, it can't get any better than watching TV in a queen size bed while eating fettuccine and just like, hey, this is it. Like, this is the height of luxury for her. And then she just fell into sleep right after that. Amazing night for her. This is folly. By the way, the night before, her and I did the exact same thing because the whole reason we were in Portland in the first place is so Jen could get a tattoo. And from this guy who does, uh, like, fine needlework. So she got a killer tattoo of a hummingbird and a flower. Great detail to it. But, you know, parents are gender neutral. So she goes and gets a tattoo while I stay in the room with our daughter and watch Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Which, by the way, she fucking loved. I was like, I can't believe I'm watching this three-hour movie. While she, again, snarfs down pasta. And I, because I'm a fucking horrible parent, ordered a picture of old fashions and just proceeded to get a little tipsy until she fell asleep. And then I got a lot tipsy. Anyway. That was, um, that was most of our trip. Just all about food. And there's so much to do down there and so much food and so many other activities it's a really cool city to go to. It's a great, like, getaway, short getaway. Uh, yeah, it's a three-hour drive to get down there, but so what? It's three fucking hours. Stay in a hotel. She literally, we could have stayed in the hotel and just done room service and her going to the pool, and she would have thought it was fucking Disneyland. That's how much of a good time she had. Um, I kind of wish that we had other people with us so we could have gone out, out and done something, but we've done that quite a bit. But you, when you're walking around downtown, there's so many places you want to go where you remember like, oh, let's go there. Let's go there. I've seen this place. I've read about this place. That place was on the Food Network. That place has been on the Food – actually, most places in Portland have been on the Food Network at one time or another. But just hanging out down there is totally cool. Oh. Oh. Okay. The other reason I have not done – a podcast in a while is because I quit my job. And uh, if my dad is listening, sorry, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. But I, and people have asked me why. And it came, comes down to just, for me, it's, uh, there's a lot of things. But the biggest reason is I had gotten to a point where my only job was making one person look good. That's all I did. That's all that's all my job was is to make one person look good to other people. Um our the whole reason our group existed was to look at customer analytics for and feedback on certain products and things like that. Just general feedback that they had about the company. Um, but those weren't being used to make decisions, it was more used to justify one person's existence. And it seemed like the, the longer this went on, the more and more I was, God, what's a better way to say this? I was incredibly unhappy. And the more unhappy I got, the worse that 
the job itself devolved. Um, and I just, I, I didn't want to be in that position any longer. I had, you know, people that reported to me and our nine to five was very chaotic. Um, we were treated pretty differently than other organizations, even within the same, under the same person. Uh, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't find ways to explain the behavior to people that made sense anymore. I'm, I feel like I have this very almost self-righteous right and wrong view, which gets me in trouble all the fucking time. But I felt what we were doing was wrong and how we were being utilized within the company was wrong and how our group was being treated was incredibly wrong. Um, and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. I'd wake up every Monday and fucking hate what I was about to go do. And then that feeling would just get worse and worse and worse every day of the week. And anybody who's old school will tell you, well, yeah, that's a job. But yeah, it's a job. But at what point do you look and say, how much is this affecting the rest of my life? Am I a worse parent because of it? Am I a worse husband? Am I a worse friend because of this? Am I damaging relationships because I can't seem to manage the stress that's coming from this one relationship? Um, and I had a very long conversation with my wife about this and she forever awesome said, I will back whatever you want to do, but if it's making you that crazy to be there, why, why would you stay? And it was, and I think the timing is right too, with things that are happening, uh, within that company from a larger perspective. And I just... It was time. It was time to move on. It was time to do something different. Um, I was even interviewing in the company, but just I was more excited about leaving the team I was on than I was about the other positions. And just because of that, I just my heart wasn't in anything that I was trying uh, at all. And I really want to work for a company that I'm excited to work for. I went on a like a like a company like when you're a high performer uh, with my wife's company uh, went on a trip with them all expenses paid to a Wahoo so right there I mean it's a pretty good view like this company knows how to treat people and the company I was with did something similar so it's not like I'm only taking that into consideration what blew me away is she's having a conversation with her director and they're talking about an individual that's moving teams and during that conversation, he got upset. And he didn't get upset because that individual was leaving. He got upset because the other team didn't talk to him about it. So they could come up with a transition plan. Like, hey, is this the best position for him? How do we set him up to succeed? Here's what he does the best. Like, it would have been great to have these conversations so we could hand off and make sure that he's having the best career here he could have. And he was genuine about it. He was so genuine and excited. And I sat there like a fly on the wall, not really sat there dumbfounded with my mouth agape, but still like a fly on the wall listening to this and very motivated by this, by a half angry conversation they were having that made me so jealous of that work environment of people that were excited to see you succeed that I, I just, that was pretty much the last straw for me. I couldn't 
not like I couldn't just say, God damn, you know, that's great for her. I'm going to go eat shit some more. So I just called it. I said, that's it. I'm going to be a stay at home dad for a little bit. Not a lot, not long, but that's the best job on the face of the earth, right? Be a stay at home dad. Get to spend time with your kids. I can't do it forever. I know that. I don't want to do it forever. I think Olivia would get sick of me. And I think uh, everyone else would get sick of me too. Um, But that's why. That's why I quit my job. For those of you who have asked, that's it. I mean, there's some other things to it. But at the heart of it, that's what it comes down to. Um, And for anybody else out there that's like, hey, I have a job. Well, if you know me, ping me. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. Hopefully, we'll get back on a regular schedule, hitting up every Sunday. Um, I'm hoping my buddy that is currently not being paid by the government will find his way back over here and we can have some discussions about that exact situation and uh, also some dumb shit that we've done over the last couple weeks. All right, guys, Um, if I don't talk to all of you, enjoy the new year, be safe, don't be stupid. I plan to be stupid. Love you all.